Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. Well, folks, the college football regular season is over. The BC Eagles finished 7-5, and and our sights are now turning to bowl games and bowl game destinations. That's why I thought it'd be great to invite my friend Bernie Olivas to join us. He's the executive director of the Sun Bowl. He's been in charge of Sun Bowl since 2001, longtime volunteer with the organization. He's an El Paso native. So I thought it'd be great to talk to him, invite him, learn about the Sun Bowl, uh, the Hyundai Sun Bowl, and also the selection process that goes along with it. So with that, first of all, Bernie, thanks so much for the time. Oh, it's a pleasure to, a pleasure to, to talk to you, Mike. Uh, I don't know what kind of weather you're having over there, but we're, I think we're hitting 72 degrees in El Paso today. So that's why we call it the Sun Bowl here in El Paso. <laughs> yeah, right now my window is dark and about 40 degrees. <laughs> well, Bernie, first of all, let's just, I'd like to learn about your history. Just talk about how you got involved in the organization. You're from El Paso. And just talk about your history, first of all, with the bowl game. Well, my history, I went to my first Sun Bowl game when I was 10 years old. Uh, I grew up near the you know UTEP campus, and I went to my first one when I was ten. I haven't missed one since, believe it or not. Uh, and it was a passion of mine. But uh, when I graduated, I went to UTEP. I played ball at UTEP, and I graduated. I was te- coaching. Uh, I was coaching and, and teaching in a, at a high school here in El Paso, and then switched jobs and went to in the, in the corporate business. But I missed. I missed the football. I missed the the, the competitiveness, and I missed football. So I called the Sumble office and asked if. Uh, if I could volunteer, and they called me in and they interviewed me, and they put me on a committee, and I just used to love the Sumble, and I just worked really hard during Sumble week, and gradually they asked me to be a chairman of this committee and this committee, and I just kept, I just really loved, lived for the last two weeks in December, and finally they asked me to be on the board, and I just kept on moving up, and eventually I made it to be the, to the president uh, in, in 2000, and as when I was president, our executive director resigned, so I was in search of the, in charge of the search committee, and uh, I was getting resumes from all over the country, and I was uh, and reading them. And one day, I was I read so many, I said, you know what? Why am I doing this? So I called a, a I called a, a meeting of the search committee and turned in my resignation. And they said, why? He says, because here's my resume. I, I you know I want this job. So so okay, Gordon gave me the job in 2001. So been involved for 35 years now and again it's a it's a passion of mine and i i love going to work every day well i've always grew up in new england like you said mentioned the sun bowl it's always great to watch on cbs usually new year's eve i believe the, the sun bowl always a great atmosphere but i know there's a lot that goes above and beyond the game itself just talk about that bernie the festivities for the team and its fans of all if they are lucky enough uh to select and get to go to el paso well, you know, again, and this is not knocking anybody or anything, but, you know, we do not have a Disney World or a Disneyland, or we don't have the beach or, you know, well, we do have a lot of beach here because we're in the desert. We just don't have the water. <laughs> you know, but you know what? We have great people here, uh, and and our reputation as, as, as the king of hospitality precedes us. And I think when, when teams arrive here, uh, the whole city knows that they're here. 
And if they would see somebody walking down the street with, a, say, a Boston College shirt, they know they would know that they're here for, for the game. And everybody extends, opens their arms and walks them here. That's what makes I think the Sun Bowl different than some of the other bowls in the big cities because you know there's so many things to do and in the Miamis and the Orlandos and the Los Angeles that people get lost in the bowl, but not here. And I think that's what makes us a little different. We are kind of in the middle of nowhere. We're in the middle of the desert. Uh, but it's, be- it's a beautiful city. It, the city is built around the southern tip of the Rockies. The Rockies and here in El Paso. We are on the border, so it, it's a very unique location. And again, we're 85. This is our 85th Sun Bowl. Uh, we're the second oldest bowl in the country uh, behind the Rose Bowl. Now, the Sugar Bowl and the Orange Bowl were both played. All three of us played our first game on the same day on uh, January 1st. 1935, mm-hmm. but I think we were incorporated as an organization. I think we were the Sumble Association in August of 34, and I think they were in October and November of 34. So we were, we say we were established first, so we consider ourselves the second oldest bowl in the country. Uh, and like I said, 85 years of experience, uh, you know, and we're still around. Uh, so that's part of our part of our history, and I think the the hospitality that we extend our visitors from anywhere, I think, precedes our, our our reputation. So, I think I think schools want to come to El Paso, you know, and if they don't want to come to El Paso, that's before they get here. But after they leave, they say, "Why this is?" I was totally surprised at, at, at the city and and your people, and I'd, I'd come back anytime. So, I think we have a, a beautiful city here and a wonderful city and some great people and. Uh, and uh, to host a bowl game for 85 years, I think, is exceptional. Well, Bernie, I think I'm still freezing from when BC went to the Pinstripe Bowl last year. It was so cold there. So I'm ready for some sun <laughs> for the bowl games. There you go. And, well, you know, every once in a while, as I say that, we are, that we're sunny and we're 70 degrees outside and we're almost in December, every once in a while we'll get a snowstorm. And yes. unluckily we had, we've had two, two snowstorms in the last eight years at on game day, which makes it a little different. Uh, as a matter of fact, you talked about the Pinstripe Bowl, which is a great bowl. Have some great friends up there. You know, one year at kickoff, we had four inches of snow on the ground, and they were sixty degrees <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You, you never know uh, what, how Mother Nature is going to treat you, but uh, it, we still had some pretty good football games. Well, let's get right into it, uh, Bernie. Let's ha- how, explain to the fans how the a first of the ACC selection process works uh, for the Hyundai Sun Bowl. You know that's a, that's a little different than a lot of other places. Uh, we are part of a pool of bowls and pool of schools. So, uh, and and we did. I think the ACC did that in order to keep repeat teams from going to the same bowls all the time. I know in uh, 2011 and 12 we had Georgia Tech him, you know, back to back, and it's you know, I, I, to me, and I'm sure to the schools, I think it's a disservice to send to for the players to go back to the same bowl, even though it's a great place. You want them to experience different things, so they created a pool. So after the CFP makes their selections, and then after the Camping World makes their selections, then the next at least the next four bowls and ties go into a pool. And, and the bowls that are in the pool are obviously the Pinstripe Bowl, the Belk Bowl, the Sun Bowl, and the Tax Slayer and the Music City Bowl. They share one spot. So there's actually there's five bowls for four spots. And they, in a six-year period, each of them was going to each one's going to get the ACC three years in a row. So after those selections are made, then the ACC reveals to us, well, these are the schools, these are the universities that are 
in the pool, and then we start our selection. We all put down in order the way we want, the way we would like the you know the teams you know in that order, and then we reveal them, and then that's where the negotiating the negotiations start. And uh, it's it's it, it could be very simple, uh, and it could be very difficult, uh, depending on, on on the teams that are available and selections. Uh, in other words, if uh, say I'll I'll I don't I'll say North Carolina, who was not eligible for a bowl, if I would put North Carolina as my number one my number one choice, and nobody else puts number North Carolina as their number one choice, then I would get North Carolina. Okay. But ever, but if two if two bowls put down North Carolina as their number one choice, well then there's certain criteria that we use to see who goes. Who goes? To, who gets North Carolina? And it goes on until everybody is sat, or until all the bowls are filled with, with the teams in the pool. And of course, if there's more than four teams in the pool, well, then they'll they'll go to the, you know, and they do not get selected. They won't, then they'll go to the to the next tier of bowls, which is you know the military and independence and 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 uh, and Detroit and so on and so forth. So it can get complicated, and at the same time, it could be very simple. Uh, it's a little nerve wracking sometimes as to who you're going to get but uh i'm tell you one thing we have never been disappointed with any school that we've gotten from the acc that's interesting uh, bernie so one thing i just want to clarify what is some of that criteria say you you and the pinstripe both want the same team how do you decide from in the initial pick who goes where well like i said there's several criteria and, and i'm not and they're not these are not in order, and I'm doing this off the top of my head, but we know these. That one of them is, the, you know, proximity to the bowl. Okay. Who's closer to the bowl? Another one is, you know, when was the last time they were at that bowl? So, you know, if they were there two years ago and they haven't been to my bowl, in, you know, ever or in five years, then the chances are that I would get them because I haven't had them in so long. Uh, opponent is another one. Who, you know, who's going to be the opponent is another you know, is, is another criteria that is used. Another criteria is did play in, did, have they played in that stadium, you know, that year. Uh, and we have that situation this year, which, you know, we, we might have that situation, you know, this year. Uh, because Syracuse has played in Yankee Stadium this year already. Gotcha. Uh, so with the criteria is, well, if they've already played, then they can't go back. But that isn't, I mean, it, nothing is definite. If nobody, if none of the same, none of the other Bulls wanted Syracuse and Pinstar wanted Syracuse, well, they could get Syracuse. But if if somebody else wanted Syracuse, then there would be, then there would, that, that criteria would be used to, to, to send the team to the, to the other Bulls. So, uh, you know, there's, there's quite a few things that goes all the way down to, you know, it goes all the way down, but there's several criteria and it all, it's been, it's worked out great for the last four years and I, I think it'll you know and we'll see how it goes uh hope it goes this year next year because we have two years left on that current contract so there's different criteria that is used to you know to select the select the teams to uh to each bowl very interesting now i believe you were at the boston college syracuse game right last weekend yes i was so what what let's what's your thoughts man what do you think about bc obviously start of the year seven and two uh and then fell off lost three in a row clemson florida state and syracuse What's your impressions from that game and your overall opinion of Boston College? Oh, I, I said Boston College was very high on our list, uh, you know, right through the middle of the season. And I'm not going to lie to you, they were. They were a big choice of ours. And then, you know, when they started losing games, some of our committee started wavering a little bit. But, uh, you know, I, I spoke to Coach Adazio, and, of course, uh, I spoke to Martin John the other day. And, you know, they, they would be a great choice for us. Uh, 
we have other, you know, there's other, we, at this point, I think we know who, uh, I think we know who, I, I don't know who else is on, uh, who else is going to be in the, I have an idea of who else is going to be in the, uh, in the, uh, in the pool, but, uh, you know, I know they've been high on, they've been very high, and, and as, as they started losing, uh, you know, people started wavering. Like I said, I don't make the, I don't make the decision. Right? There's 12 on the committee that make the decision. And I sit there and, and you know, and I'll give my opinions, and uh, and they'll and they'll vote on that. But Boston College has been high on our uh, high on our, our list all year long. Uh, they've never been here. That's what, what's one good thing. They've never been here. I'll pass ones like to. Uh, they like to see different teams. Uh, they're a Catholic university, and I could, this shouldn't have anything to do with. But I'll pass was only about ninety-two percent Catholic. <laughs> Like, again, uh, again, they're they're they've been very high on our list, but I think you know, I think the last the last three games as our committee is wavering, but they're not gone yet. So uh, it'll be a tough decision when that when that when that time comes. Yeah, no question about it. They were seven to two had college game day, and then the Clemson loss was tough. Florida State that should have been a win for BC. There's no excuses there. Yeah. And then Syracuse played a great game last weekend. Uh, but I think you're right. I think a lot of fans would be excited to go to a different spot, and El Paso definitely fits that category from a Boston College perspective. You look at other teams like a Miami. They've been there, correct me if I'm wrong, three times in the last eight years, right? if they will, if they go this year. So that's a little bit of a difference uh, between BC and Miami as well. And BC beat Miami head-to-head, I, I think you have to say, right? We understand that, and we have all that information. Uh, and we have all that information, and everybody, I, I'm, I'm – Telling you, it's it's been a. There's a lot of good football. There's a lot of seven five teams in the, you know, in the ACC. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, and then you have Pittsburgh, who won, you know, who won their division. Uh, they had some tough losses. You know, even though they're seven and five right now, you know, they lost to Notre Dame, who's probably going to be a, a, a playoff team. They lost to Penn State, who's probably going to be a, a, a New Year six. They lost to Central Florida, who's probably going to be a New Year six game. So they're seven six, but they're it's a good seven uh, seven five, but it's a good seven seven five team. Uh, and then and then you have who you have uh, Georgia Tech, Duke, Virginia, uh, Miami, Boston College, and then and Syracuse, who I think is they're eight and three, uh, nine and three. I'm sorry. So the committee has a tough, a, 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 a tough chore ahead of them, but I, but I know Boston College was, was was pretty much high on our on our list for a lot of the season, and I think they're still high. Uh, again, I think it might have been, you know, it might have been a no-brainer until they started losing. And 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 in talking to some of the committee members, I say, what do you think of BC? And they say, well, you know what, they're kind of on the downtrend. I go, well, you know. But they're still a good football team. That running back they have is, is exceptional. Yeah, AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon, right? And and, uh, and Coach Andadio is one of the best you'll ever go to meet. So, again, there'll be there's 12 people that'll be making the decision. I sit here and feed them all the information they need, and we'll go from there. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm, based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Okay, appreciate your honesty. Let's switch over to the Pac-12. How do you decide that team? Uh, see, that, that one's, that's a little 
simpler sort of. Uh, after the BC, after the C, uh, CFP makes their selections, then the Alamo gets the first pick after that. After that, then the Holiday Bowl in, in San Diego makes that selection. After that, the Red Box makes their selection, and then we go after, after the Red Box in, in San Francisco or Santa Clara. Uh, and as of right now, it looks like we're going to have one of three teams, uh, either Utah, who, is, who won their division, uh, Stanford, or Cal. And, of course, we're not going to know that. Well, after the Pac-12 championship, which is tomorrow night, Stanford-Cal doesn't play till Saturday night because they uh, – they postponed their game because of the air quality, because of the fires in California. Yes. So they're going to play. And, and again, Utah, Washington will have a big bearing on, on who's going to be available. Uh, we thought that uh, Washington State ranked eighth, even if they lost to Washington, would stay in the top 12, but they dropped out. So their chances of going to the uh, to the New Year's Six is probably out. So if Washington beats Utah, then Washington goes to the Rose Bowl. We feel, like I said, I'm not, I don't want to speak for everybody else, but our 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 inclination is that Washington State would then go to go to the Alamo Bowl, and then the Holiday Bowl will have a choice, I guess, between Oregon and Utah uh, at nine and four. So if they pick Oregon, then it goes to holiday, I mean, to the San Francisco, the Red Box, and they have told me that they would like the winner of the uh, Cal-Stanford game. However, if you have a 9-3 and three or a 9-4 and four, uh, Utah, they might go there. If they go there, then it comes to us, and we'll get, and we get either Stanford or, uh, or Cal with the winner of that game. So there's still a lot of scenarios over there, but I think we're going to get one of three teams, Cal, Stanford, or Utah. Wow, a Stanford Cal Boston College matchup. That sounds pretty good to me, Bernie. Coast to coast. Yeah, that, that you know that's a pretty good that that would be a pretty good matchup. Across coast to coast, meeting in El Paso. <laughs> well, Bernie, too. I know you're uh, you're one of the few bowls that have the TV partnership with CBS. Just talk about what that relationship's been like. It's like you guys in Augusta National of CBS every year. <laughs> you know what? We just uh, last year we celebrated our fiftieth consecutive year on CBS. Uh, and as you just mentioned, there's only one other program that can say they've been on the same network longer than the, than the Sun Bowl, and that would be the Masters. Uh, but still, it, the relationship has been tremendous. Uh, we love them. I think they like us, and we've actually extended the contract for the, for the next six years. So we're going to be on CBS for at least 58 consecutive years, which is, which is pretty amazing for a bowl in El Paso, Texas. But that, again, that just shows you the, the hospitality and how we treat people, you know, they love the relationship. They love coming down here, and, and they've been just just great partners to, to work with. And, uh, again, it's, uh, it, it's been, we're, we've been blessed to have the same network for that long, and I think they do a tremendous job not only of broadcasting the game, but I think, I think they, uh, they let the nation know how great a city El Paso is at the same time. So uh, it, the relationship has been awesome. Just last couple of minutes here. Just describe to us the game day experience. Say a Boston College fan travels to El Paso. What can they expect? Uh, game day, the halftime performances. What, what can they expect? Go walking into that stadium. Well, you know, hopefully they arrive the day before the game because we yep. we have the, the fan fiesta down at the convention center, which is uh, which is a free event to everybody. 
and hopefully we get all our out-of-town fans to come in and all our, our local fans to come in. And that is just part of an of, of a, of a event that we call Winterfest, which is downtown, right down across the street from the command center. We have an outdoor ice skating rink. We have all kinds of Christmas and festivities and the lighting and everything. And everything, and we hope that everybody comes downtown the day before the game and spends spends the day there. And then in the afternoon at three o'clock, uh, we open the doors to the convention center where they can go in there, and we will have uh, you know live music. We'll have some some cultural music, like some folklorico dancers and mariachis, and we'll have we'll have bands. We'll have uh, inflatable inflatable games for the you know for the kids. We'll have food. We'll try to have a taste of El Paso. Uh, we'll have a, a, a band entertaining us. And, of course, the highlight of that event is the Battle of the Bands. And, and both school bands uh, will will actually do a little parade around about four or five block area through downtown, come back into the convention center, and have a tremendous Battle of the Bands that lasts for about 45 minutes to an hour. And that's the highlight of the event. And we usually have some uh, some great entertainment after that all the way till 9 o'clock. And that's the day before the game, and of course that is free of charge. So you know, if, if anybody comes down here, it would be a, just a great event. Game day, we also have a pregame. Uh, I guess you would call it a tailgate party, right outside the stadium. Again, free of charge. We have music. Uh, you know, we have games. We have you know, pretty much it's a mini, uh, fan, a mini fan fiesta from the night before. Uh, and for uh, the people who are of age, we'll have a tequila tasting. A tequila tasting. Of course, you can't come to the, you know down to the Mexican border and not have a little a little tequila tasting. Of <laughs> the adults and uh, it's, it's, we'll have food and of course entertainment and that's right out. That's about I would say 150 yards from the entrance to the stadium. It's our our, our pregame party again, free of charge to anybody who comes who comes. And then the game itself. Uh, you know, we we try to make it fun for you know for the entire family. Uh, obviously, we'll we'll roll out the the big American flag for the national anthem and have a, hopefully we'll have four F-16s to the flyover, which is to me is one of the neatest things. Yes, I love flyovers, and uh, and I know last year we had uh, we had some F-16s fly over right over the game at the end of the national anthem. And uh, unfortunately, right now we're still looking for a halftime entertainer, but I think we're gonna we're gonna find one. Uh, it's been a tradition for the Sun Bowl to bring somebody. somebody uh, to perform, and we've had uh, everybody from uh, Rihanna to uh, the Village people to to contestants from The Voice, and uh, and every and every everything in between. So, uh, and of course, the game itself. I mean, that's what everybody comes for. You know, we we've been lucky that uh, our all our games are competitive. We've had very few blowouts at the Sun Bowl, and I think that's that's attributed to the fact that we that our selection committee, our the people at the committee pick the right teams to come and play and uh, it's just it's just a great event uh, and like I said I'm, I'm just proud to be part of it well Bernie it sounds like a great time my last question is I want to learn about you what do you like to do in your free time Bernie outside of the bowl game selection where, where what do you like to do around El Paso you know what I like I said I, I, golf is my golf is my other passion so when I'm not working and I'm not at church I, uh, I like to hit the links all right, well, Bernie Olivas, thank you so much for a couple minutes joining us here. The We'll find out on Sunday. Sunday is the day it's going to happen, and the Hyundai Sun Bowl, Bernie's been the executive director, as he mentioned, since 2001. Thanks so much for the time. Mike, I really appreciate it. Anytime. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including 
State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.